0: Welcome to the Cover 3 podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Watkin County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson.
1: Well, welcome to it. It is episode number two of the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network. So glad to have you listening along. And we are at a full contingent. That's right. The full three-pack. Yours truly, Doug Lang here along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WhatcomPreps.com as we get ready for week two of the Watcom County Prep. Football season. And yet, week one, there was plenty to pay attention to, as I think we got our money's worth with uh, a couple of last second finishes, if you will. We got to see some outstanding performances. There was an award-winning performance by uh, one of the players here in Whatcom County. There was a lot going on, and we're going to take a look at it. We're also going to preview all of the games coming up in week number two. We'll tell you about a little bit of a, a family feud that will be going on. On Saturday, we'll feature not one but two games that you can hear on the Doug Lang Network. And right around the corner, we'll hear from, well, maybe the most coveted uh, well definitely the most coveted player in whatcom county and and maybe in the state of washington with as many uh d1 colleges taking a look at him all that still to come but how about if we get things underway
0: time for the cover three podcast opening kickoff oh, oh come on
1: it is time to take a look at some of the top stories as we head into week number two, and, and we'll start by going back to week number one, and we'll talk about a couple of games, and, and I'll start with fantastic finishes, and it depends on which side you're on, whether you thought they were fantastic or not, but the Mount Baker-Lyndon clash that ended 35-34, Linden a winner, that just had everything you could possibly have, including the Hail Mary and going for two, to wrap it up
2: yeah you don't see that too often uh in a high school game usually if you're at home you 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 go for the extra point and then play in overtime but uh they went for two and it just didn't just didn't happen for the Mountaineers
1: coach Ron Lepper in talking to me I, I asked I said now is that just because you're at home or, or you know would there be a different you know he said home or away I didn't want to deal with overtime I felt we had momentum uh he credited a very uh good timeout. Uh, taken by Linden, and then a, a huge play uh, by Brock Hepner in, in making the uh, the sack on Caleb Bass and, and preventing the two point conversion, uh, but that had everything you could want in a great first matchup of the season.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Mount Baker showed that they belong. Linden's going to be good. Uh, I think Kobe Malone kind of is not a um a hidden gem anymore no, no. Uh, he's uh, he's extremely fast probably the fastest player on the team and he scored a couple touchdowns especially that one at the end was amazing
1: Fantastic finishes, once again, depending on which side you're on. Seahome, uh, Nooksack Valley, 28-21. Nooksack Valley wins it. Seahome left at the doorstep with time ticking down. And, uh, Jeff, I know you're kind of monitoring different games, and, and you've seen a little bit of the game film. What a tough way for Seahome to come up short, ball just outside of the goal line, the officials discussing it. They ran out of time, out of timeouts. It's a tough way to start your season. Fantastic win, though, for the Pioneers.
3: Oh, yeah. It was a great win for Nooksack Valley. Uh, they came out and, and were really balanced offensively, passing, running the football. And like you said, it came down to that last play. And, you know, looking at the at the game footage, it's hard to tell if he scored or if he didn't score. Um, you know, that's a tough call for the referees and you know, but both teams—they—they they played their hearts out. Both teams did that, and you know, it was tough to see one of them lose.
1: And then, uh, you know, it depends on where you go from here. Now, uh, if you are, you know, see home, you've got to use this as a motivator. And in talking to Coach Beeson earlier in the week, he said, "You know what?" It, I, I said to to my troops, uh, "If you're not stinging from this, then I, I would question maybe there's a little something wrong with you. That this is this is one of those really tough losses that hopefully they'll try and build on." And move forward. Lyndon Christian uh taking on Bellingham. Lopsided affair. Twenty three nothing. Lyndon Christian wins it. Uh Tyler and I had the call. You were home with the crud, but you were listening along. And uh the first thing that stands out to me is uh the play of junior quarterback Trajan Scouten. He was outstanding, uh two touchdown passes, both to Sam Faber. Uh he just looked he looked like he didn't this was it. It looked like this was not his first start. That's sh- that's for sure at varsity quarterback.
2: Yeah, th- yeah. He looked. He didn't look like a junior, like an underclassman. I mean, he didn't even attempt a pass last year as a sophomore, and he looked seasoned. He looked accurate, st- extremely accurate. Knew exactly where his receiver was going to be, and the receivers made the catches. It, it looked like they've been practicing it all summer
1: spencer lee uh unable to go uh for bellingham and uh we heard through the grapevine and then uh, coach Kamek, who talked to coach flint at the end about possibly a hamstring tweak and he was unable to go we don't know what the status is of him moving forward but we really see that without spencer lee who's the go-to guy for bellingham they're they are i hate the pun they're a little hamstrung because he is that guy you want to get him the ball as much as possible
2: yeah uh definitely get him the ball on offense and even on on defense he had four interceptions last year he's their main return guy so special teams it hurts them everybody else has to step up he's a senior he's a leader it uh it definitely hurt the team that he wasn't able to go
1: there's your top three stories from week number one as far as game action looking ahead to week number two you'd be crazy if you didn't start talking about lyndon ferndale it is the biggest rivalry game, and it has been for as long as I can remember, each and every year, despite the fact that they don't play in the same classification within the Northwest Conference. In large part, it doesn't have any bearing on where they're going to go playoff-wise, but you'd have a mutiny if you went to either one of the athletic directors and said, oh, let's just dump that one. We'll get another West Coast game or whatnot. That it just that would be crazy. And I'm, I'm curious, you're both Whatcom County guys, What is it about Lyndon Ferndale, Jeff, that has just been such a draw for years? I think it's both teams, both
3: programs are so well-respected. They're always competitive year in, year out. They represent Watkins County very well. And and I know the two teams, they – They have respect for each other, but they don't like each other. No. Especially this week. I mean, there is (laughs) there is no love lost between the two programs and the two cities for that matter of fact. You know, they just it's such a big week. And but both teams are so good. And they've always been good. And it's so much fun to watch. And if you don't get there early, you're going to be standing five, six deep on the track trying to watch the game.
1: It is Ferndale at Linden this year. Let's hear from the coaches talking about that rivalry. Ferndale coach Jamie Plankovich says it's all about the history of the series.
4: Well, it starts with the fact of just how good both teams have been uh, for a long time, long before I got here. Um, I think that's how you develop a great rivalry is when you have excellence on both sides and um, certainly that's been the case over the years so they're uh, usually very competitive games they're usually games uh, oftentimes that used to happen at the end of the year when both teams were you know had really good records and it meant something uh, within the league but it still means a lot to, to each community that's the other thing uh, athletics is important in both of our communities um, they do a tremendous job of supporting uh, supporting us and Lynn Linden- obviously does a tremendous job of supporting them so it it, uh i tell our kids how fortunate they are to have the opportunity to play in a in a game like this there's lots of kids that play high school football that never get to experience an atmosphere like uh we'll see on friday night
1: on the other side Linden coach blake van dalen says even with all the conference changes over the years the tradition and the uncertainty of the outcome still weighs out
5: I think it's the story's past, you know, and a lot of people forgot that there was a stretch when we were both 3A schools, and if you didn't win the Linden-Ferndale game, you didn't go to the playoffs. Only one team advanced, and so that's where the, the the mystique of the game built up, and then just the success, I think, of the two programs um, and the quality of play that usually comes out of the two programs every year at the end. Um, sets it up for two marquee matchups with great stories, pass, and it's a true rivalry. If you go back, it's almost exactly 50-50, like don't have a run, don't have a run, but over the course of time, it's it's a coin slip every year, no matter who's better than the other team. That's the affinity the of a rivalry game is you've got to play your best ball because anybody can win.
1: True enough, uh, and coming up on Friday night, depending on whether you're rooting for Linden, depending on whether you're rooting for Ferndale, it'll be hard to, to keep your eyes off of the biggest player out there on the field, and that is uh, Garrett Hatchett for Ferndale. And you just look right now, sports247.com, or I'm sorry, 247sports.com, their prospect page for him. It lists 22 teams recruiting the star junior. Uh, all are listed as having made offers. You got your Alabama, Washington, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas, Wazoo, just some of the many teams that are interested in him. And uh, Tyler, we didn't get a chance to even talk about him, and he's the uh, in week number one. He is that highest prized recruit as just a junior this year.
2: Yeah, he's you know he started since day one as a freshman, and even then he stood out. And uh, I was asked a week ago at my at my job, uh, so who's a who's a big player to watch for? And I said, oh, Garen Hatchet, he's yeah. the guy. <laughs> I mean, and you can't miss him. Just go to a Fresno game, look for sixty six, and uh, he's a he's a head taller than everybody else, and he moves. He's 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 unbelievable.
1: I got a chance to talk to Garen at the end of training camp and and started by asking him about reports that he's stepping into a bigger leadership role with the Golden Eagles. Yeah,
6: definitely. Uh, I'm a a team captain with uh, three other people, and uh, that's definitely a great opportunity opportunity for me to become a leader on the team, lead the younger guys. They look up to us, upperclassmen. Now that I'm a junior, I guess I can say I'm an upperclassman. But, uh, yeah, they definitely look up to us. Even the older guys, they need encouragement. And if you step in at the right time to be a leader, it definitely
1: helps out with the team dynamic. We know that there's a lot of teams, a lot of colleges looking at you, and, and obviously they're in the middle of their, You're in the middle of their recruiting process. Has that process been fun? Has it been pressure? What's it been like for you?
6: Yeah, I, I don't know if I could say fun or pressure. Earlier in the earlier in the process, it was definitely fun getting to visit bigger schools, getting all those offers and stuff. But now it's kind of I would say not pressure, but it's just kind of it would be nice to have a decision decision soon to get the. To get it off my back and just focus on football. I mean, like I said, it's, I wouldn't say exactly fun, but it's still
1: pretty fun. I guess. So if we focus back on this Ferndale squad and, and you're looking at it from a captain's perspective, what are those couple of keys for you guys to do at least as well as you did last year and, and maybe even better? What are, what are those couple of big keys? Definitely watch lots of film. I
6: think that's what we did good as a team last year. Always getting together after practice on the week, uh, watching film on the game uh, ahead and then at practice executing what we learned from the film, doing what we need to do on defense and offense from their defensive and offensive cues that they give us.
1: That is Garrett Hatchett. He is the top recruit as a junior here in Whatcom County on the football side of things and uh, he will be on uh, prime display in the Linden-Ferndale matchup. We'll have more coming up right around the corner as we take a look at the week two games. But back to week number one, how about an award winner? Congrats going out to Lummi Nation quarterback Caleb Reavy. He helped lead the Blackhawks to a season opening 58-50 win over Tacoma Baptist uh, on September first. He only went twenty five of thirty seven with four passing touchdowns, rushed for hundred and ninety yards and three scores. Oh yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, he recorded seventeen tackles and three sacks. That's all. That's did all. It, did anybody else play? I in I, that I game? I'm I'm wondering. Uh Lummy coach Jim Sandusky, he says he was impressed by his young signal caller.
4: He did really well at the quarterback, the first year he's played quarterback, hasn't had really any experience at it and uh kind of stepped in like he you know he's been playing it for last couple years
1: yeah yeah i think so (laughs) i i i don't think there's any concern there uh he he did absolutely outstanding uh nation's friday matchup just one of the week two games that we'll preview next on the cover three podcast first we'll take a break and we'll come back with more. Glad to have you listening along the Cover Three Podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network.
0: The prep football season is underway and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.
5: Stop. And hit.
0: Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Watkin County.
1: It's Arlington at Squalicum, September 7th. Pre-game at 6.45 p.m. Kickoff at 7 o'clock.
0: Listen live online at www.onthedln.com.
1: Local voice. Yes! Yeah. Local teams. Yes! Yeah. Local roots. Yes! Yeah. The Doug Lang Network. Online at onthedln.com. Yeah. Welcome back to it. It is the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. I'm Doug Lang along with Tyler Anderson and Jeff Bearden. So glad to have you listening along. It means it's time to jump into week number two, and there are plenty of games going on. We begin with Ferndale at Linden. Ferndale 0-1, Linden 1-0, and 0. Ferndale looking to turn things around after getting blistered by Lake Stevens at home. Golden Eagles going for their third straight win over the
2: Lions after
1: taking three of the last five.
2: Yeah, I think that the matchup I really want to see, obviously, gear and Hatchet, but him against Jacob Kettles, who is near his size. And I think and Kettles is getting some looks, too, at colleges, and he might be able to prove himself to, on Friday night.
1: Ferndale coach Jamie Plankovich says both teams know their opponent very well. You're going
4: to have some tweaks uh, depending on your, your skill set of your kids year in and year out. Uh, we're both probably trying to figure that stuff out as we uh, come into Friday. Uh, but you know, they're good football teams hang their hat on, on certain things, and they certainly do a great job of running their system on both sides of the ball, and uh, we are fortunately fairly familiar with that.
1: Linden has lost it the last couple of years to Ferndale, but when we went out and saw them at camp, they were very fired up and they return a ton of players from last year. Yeah,
3: Linden's got the talent, they've got the returning players to go, but on the other hand, I also believe Ferndale has a lot to
1: prove after losing last week. I think it's a a big week for them as well. Linden coach Blake Van Dalen says, when you think Ferndale, you think size.
5: They're big and physical. Uh, They uh... They want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, they want to pound the rock. And they want to make sure we can't run the ball. And so um, I think the line of scrimmage is going to be a huge huge factor in the game. And uh, I think our guys are, are up to the challenge.
1: Ferndale at Linden 7 o'clock on Friday. Anacortes will visit Linden Christian. Seahawks 0-1. The Lynx 1-0. A new coaching staff under Chris Hunter for the Seahawks. And It'll be one of those type of games where we'll see if Linden Christian is truly as good as we saw in week number one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope – well, I think getting is going to get the start again at quarterback. He should. Um, they have that two-headed monster at running back with Easton Stremler and Levi Korheis, and they just keep spelling each other and running down the, running the ball right up the middle.
1: Lynx coach Dan Kamick says they are preparing for the old-school single wing.
2: You know, this thing's from way back in the day. It's very
4: confusing unless your eye discipline is good. You have to look at the right place and not get mesmerized by what's going on in the backfield because their quarterback at some times will just turn his back completely and people will just be running by him one way or the other.
1: That is Anacortes at Lyndon Christian. How about Blaine at Cedar Park Christian? Blaine 1-0, Cedar Park Christian 1-0. Cedar Park Christian, maybe you've heard of their head coach. It's former Bellevue head man Butch Goncharoff, who just happened to win 11 state titles at Bellevue before they fired him back in 2016. Uh, Blaine, lopsided victory over Earl Marriott and Look, this is a single-A team that is really rebuilding in Cedar Park Christian, but if you're Blaine and you suffered as many losses as they did last year, this scheduling actually could pay off.
2: Yeah, huge win, 65-0. I mean, it's hard to, after watching the film, it's hard to see how good Blaine really is, but they, they did dominate. They blocked three punts and returned a kickoff for a touchdown. They they look pretty good.
1: Blaine coach Jay Dodd says it won't be easy going against Goncharoff.
2: A very good head coach,
0: so he runs the wing tee, uh,
4: runs it very, very well. And uh, they've got some new players from last year, too. Uh, they're they're going to be a, a, a good 1A school all year long. And so we got to go all the way down to Redmond High School. They don't have a, a home stadium yet. They still kind of rent the, the bigger school stadiums. And, and uh, we're going to have to play very, very well to, to win.
1: And if you haven't heard, how about the Borderites? They'll honor the 40th anniversary of their 1978 Blaine State Championship football squad next week in their game versus Lyndon Christian. Former quarterback, Kurt Cramey, a long time, well, Hall of Fame coach at Linden. His number will be retired during a ceremony at halftime. This should be a fabulous event coming up next week.
2: Yeah, I mean, that team is the first Walken County team to win a state championship in football. And it's hard to believe it's been 40 years. And uh, after one and two start, they just went on a roll and won it all. LaConnor at
1: Lummy. The Blackhawks, they outlasted Tacoma Baptist 58-50. We heard a little bit from Coach Jim Sandusky and they talking about the great performance out of his quarterback, Caleb Reevy, who won himself the WIA Athlete of the Week honors, one of 10 player, ten student athletes that were honored. LaConnor, they lost to Acosta 14-7. Coach Sandusky says they're somewhat familiar with LaConnor.
4: We're fortunate we get to play him eight, man, so it's it's, uh, it's our game. Uh, we did that with them several years ago I think it was 2014 it came up and it was a really good game I think it was uh, within six eight points it was it was a close one um, they beat us we're looking kind of at the same thing they're uh, they're they're a solid team coach real well we got to be able to make less mistakes we're still gonna make some but we've got to make less of the big mistakes
1: if you've never seen eight-man football go take it in
3: It's basketball. It's basketball on on turf. I I remember
1: you came into a booth a few years ago where I was calling a game and I was sweating bullets because it's it's like calling NBA basketball with a 24-second shot clock because that's about how often... Score.
3: Yeah, it never stops. I mean, it's up and down the field.
1: I mean, if you like
3: scoring, this is the perfect game for you to go
1: to. Granite Falls at Nooksack Valley. 0-1 for Granite Falls. The Pioneers 1-0. and Nooksack Valley beat Granite Falls last year, 56-34. Granite Falls did not score to 42-0 opening loss to Shorewood. Uh this is a tough one uh, obviously for granite Falls they're a very very young team that's that's well kind of learning things uh, don't believe me how about if you hear it from the head coach Rob Meyer
5: they have 28 kids on the team and 13 of them were freshmen and so
4: it's a young group um, I, th- I think they're going to be continue to improve throughout the season and hopefully they don't improve uh, a tremendous amount this next week but but I think they'll come and are ready to play, and they don't have anything to lose, so they're
1: going to be excited to play against us. The down news for Nooksack Valley senior wideout and defensive back Baylor Galley—he went down with an injury after just two series in their opening victory. This is this is déjà vu. They they lost Nooksack Valley lost their fastest guy last year. They lose him this year. We don't know for sure he's going to go in for an MRI, but certainly it didn't look good. Even looking at the game film.
2: Yeah, Galley, is is a is a he's a playmaker on both sides of the ball, and uh, it just means the other guys are going to need to step up. Evan Knightling had a huge game, and you know he caught eight passes for 110 yards last week. And on uh, defensively, Halton Borsama, you know he he intercepted a pass late in the game, and he was subbing for Baylor Galley, So the you know, the backups are doing a good job. We
1: move on to a Saturday affair, a couple of them. How about Meridian? They'll take on Colville 1 o'clock Saturday at the Peshaston-Dryden Sports Complex. So start driving now. Uh, Not a bad matchup. You're reigning, what, runners-up in the 1A, or yes, the 1A classification, uh, just missing out on the state title game, or in the state championship, that is. The Indians, on the other hand, they've made the state playoffs five straight years, fell in the quarterfinals last year. Uh... This is one of those type of games where you never know what's going to happen, and it's being played on a neutral field. Coach Bob Apes for Meridian, he says the size of Colville, it is concerning.
5: Well, besides being the biggest, one of the biggest schools in Class A, they also have probably the biggest bodies in Class A. They've got some huge kids, and they're all seniors. All, uh, I think they, they start one, one junior on either side of the ball.
1: Now, Tyler, when you and I talked to Bob Ames during camp, he raved about going to this neutral site, going to Peshasta, and he said, oh, it's great. I'm so happy we're doing this. And I, I was a little bit surprised. I, if you're, I want as many home games as I can get, but what I love about Meridian is they'll go play anybody,
2: anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Colville is, they're, they're, them and Royal are the biggest, you know, who's going to win the 1A this year. And Coach Ames is right. A lot of seniors. And Meridian, you know, they played a tough cedar wooley team last week and they showed that they can belong with some bigger kids sticking
1: on saturday how about a four o'clock matchup at civic stadium lakewood 1-0 taking on bellingham 0 and one we mentioned already the question mark on the status of wide receiver spencer lee who didn't play in week one after tweaking his hamstring lakewood opened up with a 31-13 thumping of kings Bellingham head coach Ted Flint. He says they've been busy prepping for the Cougars and Coach Dave Teeters, or mark that Dan Teeters, rather, huge playbook.
6: It looks to us like maybe he toned that down a bit. They're they're looking more like a base slice sweep offense, but uh, but we're not uh, we're not taking the bait. We're going to assume he still has all his steps and different plays. So we've been working on their base stuff and then making sure we're ready for the all
4: the other stuff that he does.
1: Once again, that is Lakewood at Bellingham, 4 o'clock Saturday at Civic Stadium. Time for us to get on out of here. We'll take a look at our featured games of the week right here on the Cover 3 podcast on the Doug Lang Network. Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com.
0: You can now listen to On the DLN on iTunes. Just search for the Doug Lang Network. Click and enjoy.
5: Hallelujah.
1: Welcome back to it. It is the Cover Three Podcast. Doug, Tyler, and Jeff with you here at www.onthedln.com. As, of course, we get ready. We've got not one but two games this week. Whose idea was that? On a holiday week with fantasy football drafts. I I feel like I, I... I've just seen nothing but pigskin. Now, nobody's really complaining about that, but we'll see if I'm still uh, standing by the end of the weekend. Nonetheless, we've got a couple of uh, very good ball games, both Friday and Saturday, for you to listen to right here on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com so you know what it's time for.
0: The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week.
1: Friday, it's Squalicum playing host to Arlington. And Saturday, it's Mount Baker and Home from Civic Stadium.
0: Breakdown.
1: It is time for a breakdown of these matchups. Arlington taking on Squalicum. The Eagles beat Squalicum 38-35 last year. Arlington 1-0 coming off of a victory over Mariner, 27-23 in their season opener. For Squalicum, they beat Redmond 14-10 in their opener at Civic Stadium last week. And this was a game where I, I, I thought they would win by a larger margin. They, they actually fell behind early, then got the lead and really had to hold on late into the contest.
2: Yeah, and with the lead, you know, they're going to want to pound the rock. And Spencer Lloyd, their quarterback, is kind of their fullback, and he looks like a Florida version of Tim Tebow out there running over defensive backs, you know, hard charging and uh, picking up first downs, and he had a heck of a game.
1: And they had to make a big stop late, and uh, Squalicum coach Nick Lucy, he was impressed by the play of defensive lineman Cesar Vasquez versus Redmond, he made two big stops on the Mustangs' final possession, ultimately forcing them to turn over the uh, ball on downs. Lucy says he found Caesar on the wrestling mat. There,
4: there's Caesar wrestling. He's like this kid. So
3: he comes from boxing, first year wrestling, makes it to regional. You got recruiting on him. and came out from football. I mean, just what a neat kid. And for him, that's his first football game. Not first varsity football game, but first football game. And to make two huge twenty later in the game and... Uh, we, we got to rotate more early so that he can really help us out.
1: We looked at a little bit of that tape, but a couple of huge plays that he made that, to end that drive and then give Squalicum an opportunity to run out the clock.
2: Yeah, he's kind of an undersized defensive end in that you know three or four-man front, and he just he just bolted through the line, and on that fourth down play, he hit the quarterback and forced the errant throw, and that's that was the difference of the game. We
1: asked Squalicum two-way lineman, Dominic Mack, about his team, what does he see as the biggest strength for the Storm? Our
2: biggest strength is uh, definitely a run game, you know. All the linemen have really stepped up in, uh, in the weight room, got a lot bigger. Um, like my c- fellow guard over here, Jackson, he's also a senior. Um, you know, we've been working hard in the weight room and getting stronger and uh, really getting our footwork down, so you know, it, it makes it a lot easier to move people around and make holes for a running back.
1: Now, this is you, it's rare when you say, okay, important game, second one of the season, but it is a conference matchup, a West Coast 3A North matchup. It's also a home game, and it's the second of only four games at home for the Storm. They'll play only one of their final four games in the regular season at Civic Stadium. That's rough. You've got to take care of business and, and try and put this one into the win column.
3: Yeah, you got to take advantage of those home games and, uh, you know, get it. You get those wins at home and then worry about the road when you get there. But
1: when you only have four home games, that makes it really tough. What also makes it really tough, Arlington's quarterback. He is an all-league returnee in Anthony, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, either Whitus or Wittus. And uh, needless to say, Esqualicum head coach Nick Lucy says it all starts with the star QB.
3: Really good. It'll be the best quarterback we probably see all year, or at least as good as anybody. And uh, we got our work cut out. They literally spread the field and attack all your areas. So you got to keep the ball in front of us, make them line up time and time again, uh, and then, like I said, make some plays in space.
1: That game once again, 7 o'clock, the scheduled kickoff. We'll take to the air at 645 Friday night. All of it right here at www.onthedln.com. Saturday. It's the second half of a doubleheader at Civic Stadium, and it should be a good one. Mount Baker 0 and 1, Seahome 0 and 1. Seven o'clock, the kickoff. First meeting since 2011. Mountaineers dominated the Mariners then, 55 nothing. But both of these teams coming off of those hard luck losses that we discussed. They this is this is, it's once again second week must win situation for both programs.
2: Exactly. Both teams are 0 and 1. I think both teams are going into the season thinking we have a shot at the playoffs. The, to both start 0-1, you got to have this win here. It's going to be hard to believe that one of these teams is going to be 0-2 after the second week.
1: Now, the other big storyline in this one is the family affair side, the family feud, if you will. home head coach Kevin Beeson will be playing against his family on the Mount Baker team. Both Cade and Davin are Mountaineers. Beeson says he expects his wife to be rooting for the red and black.
5: My wife, God bless her soul, she will be uh, uh, there rooting her sons on as I would expect her to. And after the game, we'll, uh, we'll reconcile, you know, and we'll, we'll be able to move forward. But okay, it's a little, a little different this week.
1: Now, I'll ask either one of you. Do you ever remember a situation like this? I, I, coach Lepper couldn't remember a situation where he – there's, there's lots of times where you coach your own son – but you go up against your own son that's just I don't know that I've ever
2: I no. nothing I'm going to the
1: historian
2: <laughs> nothing I'm sure it's happened, but my my mind is empty right now. I,
3: I can't think of it at all. I mean, it's usually the coach's kids are playing with the coach. So, sure. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it yeah. around here
1: anyways. Right. Coach Beeson says despite the matchup, he is still available to help.
5: I, I'm still a dad this week, and uh, yeah, I'm just not coaching anymore for him, but uh, we still talk about stuff. We, we we talk about real general things. If I could find a way to help them and, and uh, you know, what they do, they prepare positionally for what they do without uh, getting into what we do. I want to do that
1: for them. On the other side, I like this, Mountaineers coach Ron Lepper sounds like they're really, they've gone spygate this week, or or is it just a matter of disinformation?
7: Well, it's kind of strange, but I'm, I'm having some fun with it because we're kind of, you like a little Cold War. We're going to have those guys go home and leave stuff laying around the house misinformation. <laughs> and disinformation. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a unique situation, uh, Coach Deason. You know, it was a round lot this summer and, and some of the kids were kind of looking at it and said, hey, this is the only chance we really can see these kids play. I came to watch us at camp. It's a tough thing, but, you know, these kids play for us. And, you know, and I think when it's all said and done, you know, they're going to go compete on both ends and we'll, and we'll shake hands and hug each other afterwards. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's like, you know, when I'm competing against guns that, you know, you really enjoy competing against, yeah, you want to beat them for that 48 minutes. But afterwards, I still love them after the game, but it's, uh, it is a little different situation.
1: What I love about this matchup is it's just some old school football. It's a couple of offensive linemen as coaches now that are going to line up and try and knock each other down. That's really, it, it, it's as throwback to old time football as you can get. Yeah,
3: it's going to be where they say uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, it's, it's, they, they both r- love to run the football and actually see actually surprised me by as much as they threw last week, but But this game, it's going to be smash-mouth football just like old school.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, Seahome running back Dylan Roberts is, to me, he's the best running back in the county. And I think that, you know, with Greg Terpstra as the offensive coordinator, you know, former Linden offensive coordinator. Yep and he kind of runs that offense where everyone looks back and they're going to they are going to throw the ball a little bit but Baker just saw that last week so that might give them a little bit of an edge
1: everybody can try and run that linden offense but it takes a while to get it get it ingrained in the system and you yeah. got to have the guys to run it we watched a little bit of it we saw some stuff in camp for seahome that looked impressive but we also saw some uh, the learning curve it's not as easy as it as linden has made it look for years back to the coaches seahome head- Man Kevin Beeson says, You know what you get when you take on the Mountaineers. You know,
5: they're going to come out and they're going to play Baker football and they're going to come out with low pads and they're going to come out and run the football. But they also have the all staffs and kids here, they're going to let throw the ball a little more. You know, they're going to flex that wing out a little more, uh, spread the field out a little bit, and uh, they still run the ball, but they're not afraid to take shots downfield either.
1: On the other side, Mount Baker head man Ron Lepper says the Mariners they are an improved squad.
7: They only come off the season where they had a you know um, a nice little win streak to finish off with, and then first game you know again they're right there too. Last you know came down to the final seconds of the of the game for them to have a chance. And so I expect a, a good football game, and, and I expect an improvement on both sides because you always you know always make a lot of improvement after your first game. See where you're at, first and where the life, that kind of stuff. But, I think it'll be pretty exciting on Saturday
1: night. Should be a good one. Mount Baker at home 645 the pregame, 7 o'clock the kickoff. You can hear it all on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. we got to get on out of here. we got to take a break. We'll come back, put a wrap on things on the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network.
0: The prep football season is underway and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Hit,
5: hit. Listen
0: to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Watkin County.
1: It's Mount Baker at Sea home at Civic Stadium Saturday, September 8th, beginning at 6.45 p.m.
0: Listen live online at www.onthedln.com.
1: Welcome back to it. It is the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network.
0: That's the Cover 3 podcast two-minute warning here on the Doug Lang Network.
1: Just about time for us to put a wrap on things, so we'll look to the other games this weekend. Who's going to win? We'll start North Dakota at Washington, 2 o'clock at Husky Stadium. Jeff, who do you got? I'm
2: definitely taking Washington. It might be over by halftime. Tyler? Yeah, Washington. they got to be angry about last week.
1: North Dakota is 1-0, and but number 9 dogs, they'll take it. San Jose State visits Wazoo at 8 o'clock. Enjoy that, everybody, in Pullman. And if you're in the East Coast listening, don't enjoy it. There's just no chance that you will at 11 o'clock. San Jose State or Wazoo? Uh, I'm going to go with Uncle Rico at quarterback, Wazoo. Very nice. Tyler? yep,
2: yeah, same. I'm going to follow what Jeff said, Wazoo.
1: And the Seahawks open up the season at Denver on Sunday, 125. Hawks, Broncos. Uh, I don't think Earl's going to play too much, so
3: I'm going to take uh, the Broncos. Wow. Yeah, I think Ooh. Broncos will win a close one.
1: Tyler?
2: Going back to the old AFC West days, I like it. Yeah, very go nice. Oh Seahawks.
1: Okay, there we go. Oh, I've got to decide it here. I think it's tough. It's too tough to play in Denver. I I say the Broncos win this one. Seahawks will have to bounce back in week number two. Earl Thomas doesn't change anything in week number one. And there you have it. The second episode of the Cover 3 podcast is in the books. We've got games coming up. Arlington versus Squalicum Friday, beginning at 645 with a 7 o'clock kickoff. And then it is Mount Baker at Seahome, 7 o'clock. All of it on Saturday at www.onthedln.com. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 podcast on the Doug Lang Network.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep Football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.